0: The views and opinions expressed in this presentation by the hosts and guests are those of the individuals providing them and do not necessarily reflect those of the production company or distributors. I am Wanda Lloyd. Welcome to Two Old Chicks Who Know a Lot of Shit, Episode 7. I'm here with my podcast co-host, Tina McElroy-Ansa. Hey, Tina. Hey, Wanda. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Good, good. Episode 7, huh? You know, we got to say it. I know we say it every time, but folks, at each episode, we are not surprised, but we are delighted. I know you got to remember, we're two old chicks. So, you know, every step we take is another (laughs) step to victory. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Tina and I have been friends for more than 50 years. Uh, We Mm -hmm. met after we were assigned as freshman year roommates at Spelman College. In fact, uh, Tina, it was just about this time of year, exactly 54 years ago. Can you believe that? That's a lot of years, you know, mm-hmm, 54 mm-hmm. years. You now, we appreciate our experience at Spelman, and i uh, it's for a lot of reasons, and I know it's interesting each time we've done an episode, we've said, this is something that we really love and it's near and dear to our hearts, but it just shows you that we're only sharing things that really are, are near and dear to our hearts. So we have a lot of reasons to be happy about sharing this episode with you. We're talking about For the Love of HBCUs. Yeah, and I'm so excited to have this uh, HBCU conversation with you. So we want to thank everyone, of course, for joining us again as we share our stories and our wisdom. Yeah, we have some wisdom. But first, let's take let's ta- uh, time. For- it's time for us to check in uh, our regular segment where Tina shares something from one of her post-its and I share something from my Google calendar. So let's get started. You go first, Tina. OK, well, my post-it this time is what you might call a little uh, bittersweet. Mm -hmm. It's a bittersweet reminder. You know, good, good and sweet and bitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I like bittersweet. People who've read my books like know that I like bittersweet. Uh, It's the name of a men's uh, uh, daytime shelter over in Brunswick, which is the the little town on the mainland across from St. Simons Island where I live. It's for the homeless. And I learned about it from a friend that I was having a conversation about something completely different. And uh, she mentioned this this uh, center and how really, you know, really nice it was. And it's housed in the old repurposed Greyhound station built, Greyhound bus station. Mm-hmm. And Janae well, and I used to take the bus to certain places when our car wasn't working when we were down here. And so, you know, that brings back a lot of memories. Um, it's on the mainland. And uh, as she, we talked about all the things that they do at this center for, you know, for homeless men during the day, you know, they, they have the, the uh, Salvation Army has something for homeless people at night to sleep. But during the day, you know, there's no, there's no, you know. Oh, you that's play. really cool. I never knew that. I mm-hmm. mean, I knew the I knew the Salvation Army was night only, but I didn't know that there were places like that that they could, people could go in the daytime in the daytime. Well, this is what I thought when, uh, uh, when she told me about it, it's called the well. Uh, and then she talked about all the things that they did. She enumerated the services that they had, the, uh, washer and dryer, you know, you guys, you got to keep clean and, uh, showers, you know, so you come in and take a shower and get fresh clothes, uh, and, you know, and, uh, books during the day, they have, um, uh, games and I think may have a TV. They have air conditioning in the summertime and, you know, heat in the winter. And, uh, Uh, They have a computer, one computer, I think, that Mm -hmm. that men can search for jobs during the day or services. Uh, They also have uh, books. And when she said books, you know, of course, my ears perked up. So I know then, they perked up. Guess what? You said books twice. So you could just say they have showers and books and washer and dryer and books. <laughs> and, books and Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize I had. And then, I mean, I'm not a bit surprised that I, I said books twice. That's, you know, that's mm-hmm. not only my bread and butter, that's why, you know, my heart and soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so when she, when she got to, and they also, you know, share men's clothes, I laughed out loud because I had been thinking about My husband's clothes. It's been about a year Mm -hmm. and a half since he passed. And uh he uh Janae was an acquirer. He didn't like to like wear clothes, but he liked to buy them. Mm. And so he would buy, you know, he had a lot of stuff that he's had for a long time, and he just never really wore it or wore it one time when we were on the road. And uh so I thought about this because I wanted to, to tell you the truth, I wanted to uh give the clothes to some of the you know my neighbors men in the, in the neighborhood because he had you know good heavy coats and all kinds of things that you know guys would like summer clothes but I couldn't stand the idea of seeing Janae's clothes walking around the neighborhood. I know yeah, yeah. I couldn't do that and but since so, when she said the name of a place over in Brunswick where you know it's a completely different town and where that you give clothes and it goes directly to to the men to the men who come there. It's not like there's you know something that they're sold or, or something like that. Uh so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get somewhere that was gonna go directly to them. So uh that's that's my post-it for um it's the well that's my post-it uh for this week. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do it in the coming week. I'll give you a report on it and see how yeah. things yeah, but that, okay. that's that's what's going on with uh, this old chick. What about you, okay. that, That's two? pretty cool. That's that's really cool, and I'm it really is happy good. that you, oh,
1: yes, um, it, you it know interesting that how
0: things kind of fall in your lap when uh-huh. you wait long enough, you know it'll everything comes to you. You don't have to go, mm-hmm. you, know, you don't have to go looking for it. Okay, so yes. that's my posted. What about mm-hmm. you? You know, we love you love your Google uh calendar. I, like I got on, on this today by going to my Google calendar and saying, Oh, look. Wanda put the recording on my chat. So I just click that. Thank you very much, (laughs) You're quite welcome. (laughs) So, well, my calendar includes something that we did together a few days ago. Um, We were honored to present our book, Meeting at the Table, African-American Women Write on Race, Culture, and Community at the com- National Conference of the National Association of Black Journalists. And that's quite an honor to, to be able to present there. So um, we were part and of the- You have to present your book, you have to uh, uh, present your book, and then there's a committee or someone who decides how, how many they, books, I think they have a number of books yeah. here. Okay. Well, they, they have a certain so every, number of spots, so Everybody so then they to have, in.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, they have a selection committee. And they review the books and then they get back to you and, you know, you get to you get a slot and you get to present. So, it, you know, it's a process for us that went on for at least a couple of months because, you know, we had to apply. And then we once we found out we were going to do it, there was some some a fair amount of preparation that you and I mm-hmm. were able to do. Mm-hmm. So um, this is a National Association of Black Journalists. Um, we were part of the author showcase. And so um This is our book, of course, it was published last November, which came about after the death of George Floyd. Now, I've been a member of NABJ for 40 years, so I probably presented there dozens of times. But last month, two things stood out to me as a retired member. One is that, uh, actually three things. One is that someone reminded me that I was presenting three years in a row. That's pretty good for an old chick. Uh, In 2019, I was inducted into the in abg hall of fame in miami and that was truly one of the highlights of my career if not my life then last year in 2020 i presented my memoir coming full circle from jim Crow to journalism mm-hmm. during the first virtual um, national convention and then of course last month you and i presented meeting at the table uh, which we co-edited so i'm just grateful for that experience i'm grateful that i was able to share it with you Um, And now I'm probably done presenting at NABJ, because like I said, that's a pretty good run for this old chick. Never say never, Wanda. Never say never. So, Tina, this main segment is what we call for the love of HBCUs. And guess what? We're what? going back to college. We're going back to college today. Oh, oh no, 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 no. We, we got through those years and we did the best we could, but I don't, I don't think I'm ready to go back mm. to college. <laughs> okay, okay. You know, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> we're going to mostly talk about our experience at our HBCU. Mm-hmm. Um, September is an important month for HBCUs. I was reading the other day that um, the White House is holding a forum in early September during the annual National HBCU Week. HBCU, of course, is the Historically Black Colleges and Universities. And this yeah, forum is going to help- doesn't know, Everybody doesn't know that one. You're you know? right. Everybody doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. This forum is going to help the colleges exchange information and Uh, come up with innovative ideas. So it's a really good thing that the White House uh, is doing. So technically, HBCUs, this is something else everybody doesn't know. They think all Black colleges are HBCUs, even if they were founded recently. But technically, HBCUs were established before the Civil Rights Act of 1964, with the Mm -hmm. primary intention of serving the African American community. Most HBCUs were founded in the years after the Civil War. So between the Civil War and the Civil Rights Movement. And for those of you who are students to think about that, those, that one word, civil, Civil War, Civil Rights. So um, Civil Rights um, Act of 1964. Okay. And I think what comes, comes between those two, Civil Rights, Civil War and Civil Rights? Jim Crow. Jim Crow, I know you were to say oh, that. yeah. Jim Crow. <laughs> Every time, we told you all this before. Every time, uh, it seemed that after Wanda's book, uh, Coming Full Circle from Jim Crow, Jim the Crow. came out, we shared the word, the uh, the phrase Jim Crow over and over again all the time all the, uh, on the, all the news shows. And that's and it's maybe it's like learning a new word, you know, you learn a new word, and you seem to hear it everywhere it just because mm-hmm. you know. But I don't think, I know they didn't say it that much. So when we started out, anytime someone on TV would say Jim Crow, I would scream Jim Crow. And then sometimes I would call Juan and scream Jim Crow. So we still do it. But I, that's just wanted yeah. to know. What period was that between those two? Jim Crow. <laughs> that was part of it was Jim Crow. And, um, and off, actually, most of the HBCUs are in the South. Not all. Some people mm-hmm. think they all are, but not all. Um, Spelman, one of the now 105 HBCUs, was founded in the basement of Friendship Baptist Church in 1881. So that of course was after the Civil War. Uh, We're not overlooking the challenges of HBCUs and the students that they face every day there. Uh, but sometimes it's outdated dorms and long lines for students uh, to get IDs and to get financial aid. And HBCUs don't get the funding that uh, uh, primarily white institutions do, uh, PWIs do. The Athletic facilities are not up to par with larger universities, and um, until recently, we we didn't get the attention. But, uh, our graduates didn't get the attention whether they were on the football field, you know, or whether they win in the in the in the, uh, in the science lab. Mm-hmm. Since we don't really have the time to do all 105 mm-hmm. of, uh, of HBCUs, we're going to concentrate on the school we really know, and that's Spelman. Yay, Spelman! Oh, you brought your blue. <laughs> Is that why you're wearing a blue jacket? Because we're going to talk about Spelman. Now you didn't even warn me about that. I, I didn't want to say anything, but I thought, sure. When I when I picked it out, I said, Oh, Wanda's <laughs> definitely going to have on something blue. We've been playing I, this game ever since we, ever since your book came out, because yeah. we almost. Always guess wear the same colors. We don't mean to. We don't. It just it just happens. So now we just sort of look for it. Uh, mm. But uh, I really expected spellman boo I, I expected more out of you, Wanda. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's been a long day. <laughs> I it, think it has been it a fast. long day, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we um. We're concentrating on Spelman, number one, because we know Spelman. And uh, as you said, there are 105 HBCUs. But I think we can give you a flavor of what HBCUs were, at least when we were there, and maybe, a, you know, a look at what has changed. Uh, in fact, as, uh, as we th- uh, think about it, Wanda, if it weren't for Spelman and our being there, the first uh, being assigned roommates, we probably wouldn't even be sitting here uh, with doing this two old chicks who know a lot of shit. You yeah, know? that's right. That's yeah. how that's how we met. We met, we I guess what we communicated over the summer because they assigned us and we yes. wrote letters. Mm-hmm. But we and you know we back in, in the day you the didn't, phone, didn't even talk to no. people on the phone, right? Yeah. We just yes. we just wrote letters. Did we write right? I thought I talked to you on the phone once, but we just wrote Did letters. We? Like, I don't remember. I, okay. I, thought, I thought I remember. But well, we yeah. have, we'll have this discussion later because our memories are Uh, It's conflicting sometimes. It's very funny. But we did meet as as, as freshman college students. We were assigned there, and on paper, we looked good. You know, Mm -hmm. we were both English majors. We were both from the South. We were both from Georgia. We were from uh, different towns, but not big cities like Atlanta or, you know, something big city in the North. Uh, You were from Savannah. I was from Macon, Georgia. Uh, Both our parents owned businesses. There there were a number of things. And we were um, were both English majors. We had declared English English as our major. we were both scholarship uh, recipients. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so there were lots of things on paper. Man, let me tell you, when we got together, we <laughs> were like- Tina well, loves mm-hmm. to talk about how different we are. Go ahead, Tina, tell them about it. I love to talk about how different we are because I'm grateful that we didn't just say write each other off. You know, because we were so different. I'm grateful that we saw the value in each other and, you know, and stuck around. Wanda, uh, Wanda, is, you know, likes the one to open at night. I'm, I'm the one to close. You know, she got up in the morning ready to hit the day. Just she used to do exercises in the morning and make noise. And, you know, I've been playing Big Whist all night. I had all have- night Big Whist down the um, hall. Down at the big. We'll room. talk about that. But that—that's what I was doing. But that's how we met. We was so different, you know. I mean, she was in the glee club. I, you know, I'm tone deaf. We just learned recently that she likes gospel. I like rap. She's. And we've learned also recently she's Google, and I think we talked about that early. And I'm. I'm more uh, digital. I'm not digital. What's the other your one? Word. Your word. I'm a word person exactly. And to write down on the pencil, you do that too. You write things down. On yeah, yeah. So we so we have always been very, very different, but we were smart enough after freshman year to know that we had that our similarities really held us together more than our differences. And plus we, we went to Selman. we were we had, years, we we went had classes to. together because That's we were true. English majors. And so we were still seeing each other every day mm-hmm. in classes. We were still you know talking about our assignments going to the library what um, was the, what was the population the school the population when we were there oh it was about a 1000 students i mean that's a, that's a really small you know i you think could, it was just under a thousand like 900 and something and so we, didn't we that. i think you we knew that. everybody on that. campus oh you you did you recognize you didn't know their mm-hmm. names you you were able to recognize and and that's different now too the student yeah. body is larger and mm-hmm. uh, and most most colleges and universities are or just have larger uh, student bodies. They don't have that intimacy. I think that we had because we were so small. We were so it's small. not that. It's not that much larger, though. Um, I think I saw the other day the the population is something like twenty one hundred. When you so when you think about you know fifty some years, yeah, it really I mean, hasn't grown really that much. Absolutely, yeah. and it du- it's double. That's that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was um, I was I was on the board of trustees for a number of years, and I mm-hmm. remember having conversations about how we were going to manage enrollment. But we always wanted it to be a small mm-hmm. um, school where a lot most people knew everybody. So I'm mm-hmm. really glad that they're keeping it small. That you know, it's, mm-hmm. it works. It works <laughs> for the students. Yeah. Well, you know, I think uh, for for me at least, coming to a small school was very comforting. I could not think of going to you know, a, a large university, and you know, having to navigate, uh, you know, different streets, and needing a bike or needing something to to a car to travel over campus. You know, I'd never been in that. You know, I'd gone to private schools, uh, parochial schools, mm-hmm. and so you know, I had I'd never I wanted to go. So I really was looking for the safety of you know of a small campus. And and as we said earlier, I think parents are looking for that when they send their. next Students there that it is mm-hmm. the same campus. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so tell me that, since we're talking about parents sending their their children there, uh the girls there, tell me why you went to Spelman, Wanda. I really didn't have a choice, Tina. I I my grandmother and her sister went to Spelman back when it was called, I guess, Spellman Normal School. This was around the, the, cha- the 20th century, you know, the change yes, of the 20th century. The 20th century. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yes. Yeah. So she was, uh, she grew up on a farm and her she used to talk about how her dad worked hard to, to earn ten dollars a month to keep both of his girls at Spelman, mm-hmm. and that was a struggle back then, you know. Oh, my they, goodness, yeah, and to use that that ten dollars that he earned to keep girls in school, yes, it you know, yes. was a big thing. Uh-huh. $10 could have, you know, was very much needed by the family, so right, that could, right, that could sacrifice, and so then, that could have been ingrained in you. Spelman. It was ingrained in me. And then my Aunt Catherine, um, she actually raised me. She and her husband raised me. She graduated from Spelman College by then in 1936. And uh-huh. then I had a, first, uh, a cousin, Ernestine Walker, um, from Jonesboro, Georgia who we were very close to. She became a professor at Morgan State. She mm-hmm. graduated from, from Spelman and, you know, went on and got her PhD and did a lot of things in history. So mm-hmm. I really didn't, you know, then there were a few other even distant relatives, a couple of people, relatives by marriage who went to Spelman. So I grew up understanding that Spelman is where I was going to be going to college. Um, I used to go to the Spelman, they used to call them Spelman Club meetings. They're now the Alumni Association. But I used to go there every month. And Catherine and my grandmother would take me as a little girl to these meetings. And um, I would hear them talk about their experiences at Spelman. I would hear them talk about how important it was. Most of them were teachers, so they mm-hmm. had access to young ladies in school, and they would talk about how they were identifying, you know, girls, really girls, because when Catherine was teaching elementary school then, um, they would identify them very early and groom them or, you know, mentor them so that they would become Spellman students. So I've, I've been doing that since I was <laughs> knee high to a duck. And oh, then no, last no. year in my memoir, I published a story about when I was in high school and I was exposed to journalism because I, I was the editor of my high school paper. I decided, you know what, I'm not going to go to Spelman. I want to go to University of Georgia because I had seen Charlene Hunter, now Charlene Hunter mm-hmm. um, go to go to University of Georgia. And it was the only school in the state of Georgia that had a journalism program. And so I decided that's where I wanted to go. But as you recall from history, Charlene, it was not an easy path for Charlene. Oh being goodness, one no. Of two that's, first what, that's, students. that's underestimation. I and mean, mm-hmm. it really was rough going for her probably the whole time. And, no. she was, and she was in the limelight. Not only is she going through day to day sort of persecution from her fellow uh, and sister students and probably administrators and teachers as well, mm-hmm. but she was in the limelight this whole time. You know, Well, she, she had to-, to be escorted on campus mm-hmm. to, yeah. uh, by the state patrol. Because yeah, so your, so your folks said no, no. that, that They ain't said happen, no, no. You, we don't want you to be a martyr. We want you to go to school and get an education, and you're going to go to Spelman. So that's where I ended up. They made sure that um, I, you know, avoided that racial turmoil, and that I did get a good education at Spelman. So that's, well, that's kind of my Spelman story. Well, you know, that's what about you. Well, that's interesting, Wanda, because mm-hmm. the, for me, the racial turmoil uh, was my deciding factor and going. And I didn't have, I came from a family of five and it's a, you know old fashioned family. And I didn't, children didn't have much to say about, you know, much of anything. And you were a child, you know, until mm-hmm. uh, like one of our, one of our essays said till you were married for 10 years. So you were, you know, you were <laughs> still a child then. So I didn't have any say, but I, I put my foot down about this one. I had spent four years. Uh, we integrated a, a, a Catholic white School in uh, 1963, so mm-hmm. this was where the parochial schools were integrated the year before public high schools were because of the the, uh, the 1964 Act, Civil Rights Act. Right, but, right. It, but it was awful. It was terrible. And if I hadn't had a, my posse which was, uh, you know, four of my, uh, of my classmates and, and one uh, undergrad that we just let hang with us because she was by herself. She was the only black student in her class. And when she came, we just pulled her into the fold And it hadn't been for them. You know, I wouldn't have had any kind of joy during those years. And they were the mm-hmm. ones you know, who slipped us off, who had one of them had a car. And, you know, we we get out of school, maybe 35 minutes earlier, and we jump in her car and go to the public high school just in time for them to let out so we could see the boys and boys could See us <laughs> before our mothers knew. You know, so we had gone through all of that. And you know, some of it was sort of funny, but you know, it was it was also very painful and yeah. uh, very uh, stressful, you know, knowing that you were going through that. So I really put my foot down uh my parents said, well, you know, well, but you got a scholarship we're gonna have to consider, which was Mercer University, which was in Macon. They would have loved that for me to stay at home in Macon. I could have walked to Mercer. I was that close. Mm-hmm. And then some other college, Xavier University, because I was Catholic and you know they wanted to. But I told them I wasn't going to a white. I wasn't that wasn't even on the table, you know. And they would say, Well, what if you get, you know, a scholarship to Mercer? And I said, I'm not going to. I mean, that's one thing I remember putting my foot down. And there was, you know, family discussions about, you know, me being uh rebellious or whatever, but I it had been it had been hard. It had been hard. So, and my sister, uh, my older sister, uh, next oldest sister uh, was a uh, freshman. When I had an ex- my first experience in Spelman, I went to a, a summer program in my- That's right. You were school. there. You When I got there, you oh, had yeah. friends in Spelman already. And I was like, where did these friends come from? And and they weren't all from Macon. I didn't know well, that. Well, so. Yeah, mostly Atlanta students. because we had done, a number of colleges there, They had a pre-college program. Mm-hmm for uh, in you know aspiring students. And uh, I, I had gone there with my best friend Gwen, you know, the summer of my junior year. So I had some background. I had visited my sister at Homecoming once and uh, you know, had the homecoming experience and uh, uh, had you know they had a date for me and all, all the rest of it. So I had a really good uh, feel about about Spelman, and I also knew that there was it was a women's college, but there was a men's college across the street, and then there was another you know uh, uh, Clark College across from there, and you know so there were other there were there were it wasn't like a and it was in Atlanta, Georgia, which was an exciting uh, exciting place to be. So I was very happy with my uh, uh, I went dancing off to Spelman, and it was away from home, so that was a good thing. Obviously. But you know, as you as as you talk about integrating your um, your high school, and I talk about the things that Charlene Hunter went through, mm-hmm. I hope young people understand that there were people who, you know, a great sacrifice paved the way for them to go to school just to get an education. That's true. That's you know true. it 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 was not always easy. And as I recently have been looking at the news and you know watching what's going on in Afghanistan. The thing that struck me the most is how important it is for these families to educate their young ladies. So I yeah. hope young women understand of all races and all, you know, uh, walks of life. Colors. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: They, they have to understand girls. that
0: it's this not a true. given that girls are going to get an education. So well, you're, sure. you're absolutely right. It's not a given that girls are going to get an education and it's not a given that we can't go backwards in time, you know, go in, instead of making progress. I think that mm-hmm. we've always as Americans thought, okay, we're going to go forward. OK, we got that much. Okay, We took that step. Now let's take that next step, especially mm-hmm. black folks. You know, we're going to get this wall down one by brick by brick. You know, we're going to hit it again and again. We're not going to let nobody turn us around. I mean, that was right. a, that, that was a whole civil rights movement, wasn't it? That was exactly, exactly during that time, but it was also the spirit of the country. You know, people say the civil rights movement, but I don't think there's any black person in this country who went through that, who was not part of the civil rights movement, especially if you were in the South, you were, you know, you, you didn't have to march to be a part of it, you know, right. uh, you were part of it in your church, you were part of it in integrating schools or deciding not to, you know, you were part of it in, in making your school. Uh, making the you know the best out of the school that you went to. You now the very mm-hmm. fact that you came to uh, Spelman, you know, with the with a uh, a career all planned out. You know, you were going to be a you know a, a journalist, and you know you wanted to. I remember you telling me this when we were getting to know each other. Uh, you know, you wanted to to uh, at some point run a a sized southern newspaper. You know, and I was thinking, from a mid-sized southern newspaper, what's she talking about? You know, the best I could do is I just wanted to write. That's what Wanda <laughs> did. Wanda <laughs> says I came. For journalism, Tina just wanted to write. She just wanted stuff. to write. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is the truth. I mean, that's exactly what it was. Exactly. Yeah. What well, is the person exactly, as a matter of fact, who put me on the road to because she was uh, working at the Spelman Spotlight on uh, the newspaper. And then uh, so she chained me into joining it because I wanted to write. Uh, uh, she was trying to give me a career path, you know? And mm-hmm. when I joined it the next year, she was the editor of the paper. so she was my first, Wanda was my first editor and and the person yeah, yeah. who put me on the path to, uh, to journalism. So Tina, since you're talking about writing for the Spelman Spotlight, what mm-hmm. do you remember? What are some of the things you remember about being at Spelman? Oh my goodness, okay. Well, uh, One of the first things I think, and I don't want this to be the first thing that, you know, people take away, but Mm -hmm. we had really strict rules. Really, mm-hmm. really strict rules. Mm-hmm. You know, came there, I mean even you know, even your mother would say that they were strict rules. Rules about cars and dress and dating, about getting on social probation, you know, mm-hmm. for a week or two weeks meant meant you couldn't have any dates, you couldn't have any company. Because we used to have company, uh uh ladies, y'all who don't who don't and gentlemen who don't re- remember this. We'd have a, a, a time that you could have a social hour, but you That's had to right. sit in that you couldn't go outside even in the summertime, you had to sit in the uh in the parlor they had you know yes. they have a parlor down there i know this sounds like you and it was supervised school. right tina it was super. Oh goodness, there was somebody watching it. over us oh yeah, you know you couldn't you couldn't get in any good good <laughs> well, <was> a PDA, <laughs> bad trouble to a, a because somebody was gonna be walking through that soon, uh-huh. you know you didn't want to get embarrassed in the middle of a kiss so you know i mean we had to really you know work Work on things, you know. There there were rules about, you know, going downtown. We had to go in twos. We couldn't wear pants Mm -hmm. after a certain hour, but we couldn't get in cars of any kind. I I was was going to say when you said there were rules about cars, it wasn't that you had rules about a car. You just couldn't get in a car unless your Your parents parents had signed a sent a letter to say this person can pick up my daughter. On this specific day. Well, you know what's funny is when, uh, because was, I also want to talk about the fact that you know we uh, we had all these these rules and we were the, the class of uh, six, uh, class of seventy one. So we were there from sixty seven to, to uh, seventy one, and those were very turbulent times in this country. And yes, it was part yes. and, and young people, it was part of the young people revolution. And most of these revolutions, the the, the, the anti-war revolution against the Vietnam War and mm-hmm. the women's uh revolution, the, the, the women's liberation, the rights, all mm-hmm. you know, all of them began uh, for the most part in you know among young people, even if it wasn't college students, college students, you know, who were bust who were bus down here was college students, uh, uh John Lewis was a college. Was he even in college, man? Yeah, fan? yeah um, I think he. I don't know if he was in college, but he was part of the Freedom Riders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't yeah, know whether yeah, he was. Yeah, he, but I remember, yeah. I just remember him being so young on the on the on the. He, uh, yeah, I think he was in college. I know he was in uh, Nashville, and he came down with a group of folks from Nashville. So from Nashville. He, I don't know. Was he probably was yeah. was he went probably, no. He went to college in Troy, un- Troy, Alabama. So he wasn't. He might have been in a seminary. I think he was. He was at ABC American. Baptist College Boy, in wrong, yeah, girl. Yeah. I know my. Hey, listen, I know my Nashville oh, trivia. I lived there about five years. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there you go. There. But then again, we know a lot of shit, so you know, that's you. Right. It, it could have been. You know, it could have been just the two. Okay, I don't. I don't want to brag, but the president of ABC, American Baptist co- uh, College, sat behind me in church every Sunday. <laughs> 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 that's how I know about ABC. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hi, this is Kara Finner Walker, one of the executive producers for Two Old Chicks who know a lot of, well, I better not say that word. My mother may be listening. My apologies for, air quotes, breaking the fourth wall. Can you break the fourth wall on a podcast? (laughs) I'm not sure about that. I hope you're enjoying Wanda and Tina's conversation on HBCUs and their experiences at their alma mater, Spelman College. They went a little long on this episode, so we decided to cut this one in half and give our listeners a short intermission. Wait, are there intermissions in podcasting? I don't know. We're making up our own rules here. Take some time to do whatever you do during an intermission and rejoin us for the second half of their conversation on HBCUs, along with the final segment where they drop some wisdom.